Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody jump! 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 Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. A good Tuesday morning to one and all. Taz and Moose with you on this uh, lovely, lovely morning throughout the great USA. You've got Mike and Pete across the way other side at the controls. Andrew Bogish sitting in for Taz, who's off here on this Tuesday morning. Also, has got your updates throughout the course of the morning. As we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, three big hours to play with. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Yes, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studio. Rocket Mortgage is with you every, st- uh, every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. We gave you the number to call. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing, buddy? Moose, it is good to see you once again. You as well. I'm doing well. Good. Glad you are. As- I see you. I You're very fresh this well, morning. Got a... Well, your hair is looking good. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm feeling good this morning. Summer yes. colors on today. That's it. Yes. Going shorts. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, yes, it's a good Tuesday. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, and uh, I'm glad to hear that you are doing well as well as uh, we get going a little bit of baseball All Star game later on tonight. Um, as uh, we do know the the starters from the American League and National League respectively, and we'll touch upon that in the Midsummer Classic here. Uh, in a little bit, Andrew. But uh, last night was uh, a fun night out at uh, out in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, as we had the home run derby that eventually went to the Mets. Pete Alonso, um, as he took it, as he you know paced himself with his home runs. Uh, you know, I, I think Jeff Passan had a great tweet. Alonso won the home run derby. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. won the night um, because I. I mean, his performance hitting 91 home runs in three rounds. I mean, the duel that he had with Jock Peterson from uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers was uh, was amazing as well. But, I mean, the goal is obviously to win it, and Pete Alonso uh, did win it. And that's kind of the quote-unquote negative of the Derby. Normally, the final round is somewhat anticlimactic. Like, the earlier, there's some kind of battle that really defines the night. And then it kind of trumps the final where it just can't match what happened before. I would have been perfectly okay for a number of reasons, most importantly sleep, had they just gone after Vlad and Jock Peterson. Like, we can't top that. Yes. It's over, Vlad wins. Sorry, other guys. I guess when you have a million dollars at stake, you need to go all the way through to the end. But, I mean, there's no there's no topping that. 29 and 29, 8 each in overtime, then 2, 3. We had never had one before. Then we had two, three swing tiebreakers to finally get Vlad through. And that, that should have been it. That could have been it because nothing else was going to be better than that. Well, right. And and that's where and, – and Alonzo doesn't care. I mean, he's going to take the million dollars and, you know, a couple charities are going to get $50,000 a piece. One of them, you know, to help out those who, uh, you know, serve in the mil- military um, after their military careers are over, um, which is absolutely fantastic. He touched upon it after the Derby last night, you know, that two of his grandfathers both served, um, you know, our country, one in the Marines, one in the Army. Um, you know, his cousin, uh, who wasn't helping him out at times, was throwing no, batting practice. Uh, but you felt good for his cousin, who looked, you know, wide-eyed. I can't believe this moment just happened. Clearly not the player that, is, that his cousin Pete Alonso is. 
Uh, but to step into that moment, packed house in Cleveland, Ohio, place rocking, beautiful night, throw batting practice as he wins the home run derby. So, I mean, there are great storylines, and Alonzo is as good of a young man representing a franchise as you could possibly have. I mean, the raw power, uh, we know what he is as a hitter. He's not as bad of a fielder as many Met scouts thought he was going to be when he was coming up through the system playing first base. Um you know, there was debate last year whether or not he should have been a September call-up. They didn't do it because they didn't want to start the major league clock. Then there was debate all offseason about whether or not he was going to break camp with the team. He said, I'm going to make sure that I leave this organization no choice. I'm going to break camp with the team. He earned it, did break camp with the team, put on a hitting display, 30 home runs in the first 90 games, averaging uh, you know a home run every three games for the Mets in uh, the first half before we hit the All-Star break and then went into that last night. Uh, with the goal in mind of, as he said, you know, uh, you know, when you take the jam out, you don't spread. You know, you don't. It's how you spread the jam on the English muffin. Yeah, I not don't know necessarily. What. Not necessarily <laughs> in terms of the amount of jam. It's the way that it's spread. And listen, uh, he's not wrong. He did what he had to do to survive the first couple rounds, right? I mean, he hit 14 home runs when Carlos Santana hit 13. Um, hit 20 home runs when Acuna Jr hit 19 and still had the 32nd bonus there that he didn't take advantage of uh, and didn't need to because he had already advanced. And then he goes into the finals against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And, um, you know, he hits 23 home runs and doesn't need to take advantage of the bonus either there too. So, I mean, for Alonzo, he didn't put on an unbelievable display like Guerrero Jr. did, but... You know, still, nonetheless, he was victorious. And as a Met fan, and maybe you guys were dealing with this too, with a guy from your team in this. I mean, the 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 scary part of this home run derby, whether it's real or not, that it messes up your swing, can mess up your shoulders, your back, whatever it is. As it, as it begins, I would have been okay with Pete just putting his bat down and going, you know what? Never mind. I don't want to do this and saving himself for wasting the Mets' second half of the season. Um, but then, and as he's going along, as you said was not getting the most hittable pitches from his cousin. So I'm thinking, okay, he's just going to bow out. I just don't want him to be dead last in the field. But then all of a sudden, when it gets late in that first round, he's kind of about to lose. Then my competitive juices kick in, and I'm like, you got to survive round one. Yeah, right. And then he survives round one. I'm like, okay, like let's just, again, let's just peacefully and respectfully leave this competition, let somebody else hurt themselves, mess themselves up in this bad boy. And then again, I need him to win, and he wins, and then wins the whole thing. And the only bad thing about him remains that he's a Met. I mean, that he's stuck on this ridiculous organization that continues to embarrass itself and shoot itself in the foot, and they've got this guy just lighting the world on fire, and his best buddy Jeff McNeil is the co-MVP of last night because he was great on social media. Mm. Met fan or otherwise, if you like behind-the-scenes stuff, he had his phone going the whole time. You were seeing clubhouse stuff, locker room stuff from the little, you know, the, the couches on the side. The two of them are the bestest friends in the entire world, and they had a great night last night. Uh, it, it, was, it was a fun night. I mean, it, it was, and if you just enjoy it for what it is because, I mean, as... As we everyone sat down and watched, if you did last night at Progressive Field or if you happen to be in attendance in Cleveland, Ohio, you appreciate it for what it is. I, you know, I, I do think it, at some point, um, you know, we have a tendency to, to lean negative to where you want to knock everything and, you know, this isn't good enough or a way back. I mean, if you just take it for what it is, it, it's not some, you know, gargantuan moment in Met history nor Blue Jay history or Dodger history. It's none of that. But... 
Um, it was a good baseball moment, and it was a good night. Um, and Guerrero Jr. And, and I think Peterson won the night. Uh, you know, their performance, I think, is the thing that you're going to look back on 10 years from now. And that's, you know, you might, you know, if you're not a Met fan, you might forget that Pete Alonso won the home run derby in, in Cleveland, Ohio. He doesn't care because you're going to remember what Guerrero Jr. and Jock Peterson did, just right. like you did at Yankee Stadium when Josh Hamilton put on an absolute show. You know who won the home run derby that year? Justin Morneau. I mean, so, uh, I, I mean, you're going to, you know, you go back to the home run derby when it was up at Fenway Park in 90, what was that, 98, 99. Um, you know, there, there have been times where you've looked at it where guys have put on amazing displays. They haven't necessarily got on to win the Derby, but it's the most memorable thing of the night. And you know, even though I, you know, I work for SNY and, and, you know, I cover, you know, the Mets on a nightly basis and watch the Mets play every single night. And Alonzo is as good as advertised. I feel good for him because he said, put in his mindset to, to win the home run Derby, but I think for the majority of baseball fans, they're going to look back at five years from now, they're going to say, what an unbelievable show that Guerrero Jr. and Jock Peterson put on. And I think it's great, too, that, that Vladdy Jr. is not an all-star this year. That he, you know, He's there. He's, he's just there for this. And you, if you've been following baseball, you've been, you knew he was coming, and then he got to Toronto this year, and he yeah. hasn't really disappointed yet. Has not had an outlandish first half, but he's been, but he's been what a 20-something-year-old rookie should be. And then he goes and he does that last night, and now you got now you're all in. I mean, that's the point of these events, right? I mean, slam dunk contests, home run derby. You know, we we dream of Mike Trout and LeBron or Kobe or the big name guys being in those events, which would be great. I mean, it, it would have been great to see LeBron, you know, in his in his yeah. prime, going and dunking his way through the through the dunk contest, but. The beauty of these events is they often introduce us to people True. that we're going to know much more about in the future. Now, the dunk contest has given us guys who are dunkers and then not much more, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be a perennial all-star in a couple of years, you would think. But here's our first glimpse of, of his magic last night, the hair, the bat, the majestic home runs, the energy, the personality, the connection to his dad, his history in the game. I mean, he was. It was just fascinating to watch, and it couldn't have gone better for baseball. All these young stars, big smiles, big personalities, and their teammates all around him. Um, that's that's what you wanted out of last night. Yeah, that is, and it's fair. And, you know, I I do think you need to have your stars sprinkled in along with the young players because I. I think if you're not locked in and watching baseball on a nightly basis and you know about the the great, you know, already established stars, you'd like to see those guys participate. You don't have to force them to do it. But, I mean, we had a discussion, Taz and I, a week ago about whether or not Mike Trout, I feel like he should. Um, you know, I thought LeBron James at one point in time should have um, in the dunk contest, and he didn't. Uh, I get why they don't, and I understand the stuff with Trout, and I think the – See, I don't, you know, I don't get why the NBA guys don't do it. Like, I can, I can. I think for LeBron, he's got too much to lose. Yeah, imagine but, you lose a home run. Imagine you lose a dunk contest. Yes. I mean, I think for them at this stage, and I think when he already established himself, I think that's something you have to do, like Kobe Bryant did when you're extremely young, before you establish that star label yeah. in the league. No, See, I, 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 it doesn't. No, it doesn't. That doesn't compute to me. I mean, that might be the reason. And I know that we are in a world of irrational <laughs> anger uh, and hate sometimes. And LeBron has gotten a lot of it, deserve it or not. But, like, would people really hold it against him if he 
didn't win the slam dunk contest when like Anthony Anderson and Dr. J are judging it with Gatorade placards in their hand. I, I, that's is that, that really what they're, them. what Does, they're afraid of? No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying you would hold it. I, I don't think you'd look back and be like, "Oh my God!" I mean, when you're debating the greatest players of all time, a knock, big knock on LeBron James that he didn't win the dunk never contest. Never the dunk no, contest, I, hump. I don't. I don't. I don't look at it like that. I I look at it as a case of Andrew where someone has established themselves at such a level, right? And if you want to go back five, six years ago when that conversation around LeBron was still happening about whether or not he was going to uh, perform in the dunk contest. No longer. I mean, he's in his mid-30s now. It's not going to happen now. Um, you know, he's a he's put it – he's already so established, he doesn't need to win the dunk contest. You know what I mean? For Michael Jordan, when he did it, you know, he helped build a shoe label around it. Right. I mean, he built his stardom around it. When he took flight at the old Chicago Stadium – Ta- you know, tongue wagging through the air, right arm outstretched, take it off from the foul line. Uh, you know, that was an iconic NBA All-Star game dunk contest moment that it was like, where were you when you saw this? And I'll rem- I remember to this day where I was. I was at my dad's house in Bloorville, New York. So, I, I, you know, there are, there are things like that. I think for LeBron, you know, it became a point of, well, do I need to do it? If you don't need to do it, then why are you going to do it? Yeah, why are you going to put yourself fun. on the line? Uh, they don't. But I'll tell you, I don't know if the I agree with you. I don't know if the NBA star, the young NBA star, looks at it like that, which is a shame. I, I mean, I, do you? I mean, because then there would be no excuse. I mean, if you're going to just look at it and say, oh, no, I mean, I think it's the competitive spirit. You don't want to lose. You don't want to suffer the embarrassment if you lost. I mean, you put it on the line. You also say, well, that was Michael's thing. What am I? Tr- I'm trying to do my own thing. I mean, that's the only reason I could think about it. You don't want to lose. You don't want to suffer the embarrassment of losing a dunk contest. Yeah, I mean, the, like the the home run derby argument, whether it's you can prove it scientifically or not, being worried about it messing up your swing or getting hurt. I think that's all not I, honestly. It, it I, might I, it might mostly be nonsense, but I mean, at least that to me is a tangible fear. Whether it's real or not is debatable, but like that, I could see myself thinking that. I just like if I'm I just want to be in the dunk contest. I don't know that I don't there's nothing built in that would hold me back from being in it. I don't I wouldn't be afraid of losing it because I, I feel you. like people wouldn't be crushing me for losing it and I would assume that I wouldn't make a fool of myself by like not being able to dunk. Like they're going to go out there he's going to do a couple of things no, I, that are going to be sick and whether or not I need to do it like to further the brand or whatnot, I would just want to be in it and go show off for a little bit. No, I get it, Andrew, but I don't know if they I, I don't know if the modern NBA player looks at it that way. The way that you and I are Yeah, that's it. too bad. I, I don't I don't think I I got to be honest, I don't I don't think they necessarily do. I don't disagree with anything that you just said. You roll it out there, you have a good time. It's not really all that much is on the line. If you win, so be it. If you lose, so be it. I don't think the, I don't I don't think the modern NBA star looks at it that way. I think it's all about branding. I think it's all about imaging. I think it's all about, you know, what it can do to help you business wise and especially, you know, uh, you know, being, you know, selling stuff and, and helping your uh, shoe brand, your shoe label, uh, down the line. I think when you look at the home run derby, I think baseball's in a in a in a different level. Um than, say, the NFL and NBA, right? The NFL's popularity is still fantastic. The NBA's popularity continues to grow by the day. We get into all the drama. I think for Major League Baseball, see, I look at it as a little bit different. I think they need some of their established stars to step up because you know why? Because that's going to help sell the game. I mean, Mike Trout, 
is the best play, baseball player in the world. Um, and I, I do think they baseball needs him to help sell the game. Now, he's selling himself. He's great for the Angels. He's selling the regional TV package. Uh, you show up, you're spending 40, 50 bucks to to buy a ticket to the ballpark to go watch Mike Trout play baseball. I think he had That's, new shoes released yesterday. Well, right. Which is, and, and they were an ode to Bruce, right? I yeah. mean, so Bruce Springsteen, that is. But I also think baseball, because of how regionalized it is, Andrew, I do think they need their established stars to kind of help the game along here, to help sell the game. Uh, to to the young millennial sports fan, but I I will give them I, I guess you know some credit for making this, uh, giving this a financial reason to be in there last yeah, a million night. bucks. Well, well, I mean, it seems they weren't kind of scoffing at all this money, and it's a lot, no matter how you kind of break it down. But both Alonzo and Vlad Jr. won more last night than their salaries call for this what season. What did Guerrero get for second? He got 500 k for second plus a $100,000 bonus for having the longest home run of the night. Oh, good for him. So, And his salary for this year is 468000 Yeah, so he won six hundred so, grand. I mean, so good for him. That's great. His, and Alonzo makes five fifty something and won you know, a million, and then who knows what it actually ends up being after taxes. But, I mean, like that's a reason to be in it. That's you know that's that get that drives you to to get in there. Now Mike Trout doesn't need an extra five hundred k or an extra. No, million. but he could take that money and donate exactly. it to charity. Right. I mean, he could take that. I mean, he he could go do that. As Alonzo's taking five ten percent of the million and donating it uh, to two different charities, five percent a piece. He could go do that. I mean, I don't want to insult the Matt. I don't want to insult Matt Chapman and his dad. Right? I, I don't. But uh, let's be if once Yelich steps out. Right, and Yelich was going to do it. You know, you replace Christian Yelich, who's the reigning MVP in the National League, with Matt Chapman from the Oakland Athletics. I mean, that's not like exactly an even Steven swap when you think about <laughs> star power in the home run derby. And I'm not, I'm not trying to insult Chapman, but that's that's just not in terms of drawing interest. And then. Don't believe they didn't receive the I, thing, which makes say. which makes little to no sense. I mean, it's your contest. It's not like guys are traveling all over the country. It's in the same thing. What you should have done if you were Major League Baseball once Yelich is out with the back and and he doesn't he doesn't want to perform in the home run derby. Then why didn't you reseed the dopey contest? I I was watching. That makes no sense. MLB Network. You're making the rules. <laughs> I was watching MLB Network yesterday afternoon, and they flashed the brackets up, and I saw Chapman at number one. I'm like, huh? And I started to have this same like intellectual conversation with myself, like, why didn't they reseed this? Like, he can't. He should be the number one seed. What are they concerned about? There's not a home field involved in this, and what are they? They want to like ruin the placards and the what? graphics they made. And I'm like, it's the home run derby. I'm going to stop having a real conversation no, no, but about that, but that Matt Chapman's no, number one. But seed. also, but that does make no sense whatsoever. I mean, it yeah. doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. I mean, Christian Yelich should be the number one seed. Matt Chapman should not be the number one seed. If you're going to run a contest that's true, and you're running the contest, there's no committee. There's none of that. That makes that. But. Put that aside, when you talk about pure star power, uh, if I replace Christian Yelich and I and Mike Trout steps in, right. or some other established star, then it's one thing. I replaced him with a guy that, for an organization that outside the greater Oakland area, nobody really cares about for the Oakland Athletics, I don't think that's an even Steven Swap, and I'm not trying to insult Matt Chapman, but I think Chapman would even tell you that he's not Mike Trout. And he even said that he had to think about it. That's they, I guess they gave him a heads up Sunday morning, like they they might need somebody. Would you want to do it? He's like, 
after I thought about it for a while, I'm like, why would you think about it for a while, Matt, Matt Chapman? Yeah, right. Get your Matt Chapman butt in this competition so the rest of because people should know who Matt Chapman is. He's that good. Whether he should be in the home run derby or not is one thing, but he's an all-star, and he might be you know, the second best defensive third baseman on the planet behind Nolan Arenado. So you should know who he is, especially if you're not living in the mountain time and West Coast time where you're not watching the A's all the time. You should know who he is. So the home run derby is perfect for him, and yet it took him a second, apparently, to decide to jump in there for Yelich. Yeah, it, it did, and um, you know he got eliminated in the opening round. Uh, he did not advance, but I think all in all, Andrew, at the last night was a good night. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think if you are, you know, even with without Trout performing or, or other established stars performing, I think for what the home run derby is, I think the last couple of years it's been pretty good, pretty entertaining, yeah. and I think last night for that, 40-minute stretch between Guerrero and Jock Peterson. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think that was like must-see TV. I mean, it was right. highly entertaining. It was – the changes have helped. There's no doubt about that. The the seating, the head-to-head, the timed rounds. It's a little confusing with the bonuses, and, you know, you hit two over, what, 460 at extra 440, 30, I think. Whatever it is. I mean, it's, it, it's a little confusing, at least for me, because I, at times, am simple-minded and can't follow along. They've made it better. It still can be tedious at times, but last night was was peak derby. I mean, there was no there was no real left down. It's it still moves a little slow at times, but I mean that was like you said, you had to be there. You had to put your TV on if you weren't there already to watch Vlad Jr. and Jock Peterson. And then while the final wasn't as epic, you still had Alonzo with a pseudo walk off home run. Yeah. To win the title. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And, you know, Peterson, I'll tell you, when he's in this home run derby, he puts on an absolute show. Yeah. Uh, he really does. And did he looks in, tiny, too. And does in Cincinnati, did in Cincinnati, did last night in, in Cleveland, Ohio. Maybe maybe it's the state of Ohio for Jock Peterson. But <laughs> uh, he was fantastic. And to step in, knowing that you have to get to 29 home runs in the span of four minutes after Guerrero right. lights up progressive. And, and to hit 29 home runs is a pretty remarkable feat. I got to ask you this. Um, here's here's me being negative before we leave this topic. It was to share, right? Working with Carl Ravitch last yes, night. Yes, it was. I didn't miss Chris Berman, but I thought about missing Chris Berman because the two of them were driving me nuts. As well, they wouldn't shut up. They wouldn't shut up. They were they were calling balls out that weren't out, and I don't think anybody hit the scoreboard. And no. to share like four times, that's going to hit the scoreboard. And they it never hit the scoreboard. No, to share doesn't know how to. Uh, he, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't. Berman's just on a different level of excitement. <laughs> but it was, it was also the camera work for ESPN. It was yes. hard to follow. Right. Where it, 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 some of the shots were looked like they were absolute moonshots, and then they basically <laughs> die in the outfield. Yeah. I mean they. You know, they didn't have a great point of reference in terms of the camera angle, and I agree with that. Nothing again. Ravitch is great. Teixeira, uh, I, you would think at one point in time he actually has uh, bought a percentage in the stock of Pete Alonso, the way that he was talking about him. <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, he, meanwhile, before, he's talking about Alonso hitting all fields. Before, he was telling you about Ronald Acuna Jr. after he hit 25 home runs, say, if there's a guy in this competition that I want to buy stock in long term. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. and then and then later on in the final, he's like uh, Alonzo's awesome. Alonzo's this. Alonzo. He and they just would not let the competition breathe for five minutes. No. It was also, a lot. I don't need to have interviews during the early rounds. 
I don't need to hear life story. You know, early on, they're interviewing guys. When guys are up at the plate, no, you're there to watch the home run derby. I want to see a guy hit the ball a country mile. Yeah, right. I could watch that in silence. I don't need any I don't need you to add any flavor to it. I don't need you to add any depth to it. We're watching guys hit baseballs a long way. That's what that competition is about last night. Right. Give me like the widest angle you can. Let me watch the ball sail away in relative quiet. You want to give me an ooh or an ah every once in a while, that's fine. But for the most part, just zip it. Let no. me watch. Uh, your impressions of the home run derby last night in Cleveland, Ohio. Did it miss some bigger stars? Want to hear from you. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. That's your number to call. That's your number to get involved. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish, Andrew in for Taz. It's Taz of the Moose here. On this uh, Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Listen to CBS Sports Radio with the Radio.com app. Free and available in the Google Play and iTunes App Store. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, make way for some WNBA action when the Minnesota Lynx battle the Chicago Sky on CBS Sports Network, the 24-hour home of CBS Sports. You're locked in, Sirius and XM206, the app as well. Thank all of our great affiliates across the country. It's Taz and the Moose. Taz off here on this Tuesday morning. Bogish is in the house. Mark Malusis, as always, uh, with you. We got it going with the home run derby uh, last night that went uh, Mets rookie Pete Alonzo's way. Only two rookies have ever won the home run derby, uh, one being both New Yorkers. Uh, uh, Aaron Judge did a couple years ago um, uh, down in uh, South Beach, and uh, you saw Pete Alonzo put on a show last night. Uh, out of Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio. So there you have it. Two uh, big-time rookies for both respective franchises at the time, Aaron Judge and Alonzo, uh, winning the home run derbies respectively, obviously, in, in different years. Bogish is doing double duty. He's got updates and sitting in with me throughout the course of the morning here on this Tuesday. Tomorrow as well. What's going on, Andrew? What's what's going on in the world right now? Well, look who just walked in. Uh, yes. Here's your report, sponsored by Wrangler Outdoor. Pants and shirts made with durable fabrics, moisture management, and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor, clothing with outdoor credibility and everyday versatility. Try them on today. It is the only title the Mets will win this season. Rookie first baseman huh. Pete Alonso got the trophy and the $1 million check at the Home Run Derby in Cleveland last night. Alonzo won his first two rounds on his final swing, then dropped Vlad Guerrero Jr. 23-22 in the final. Vladdy, though, was the star of the night. 91, 91 total dingers, which tied Todd Frazier's career record, which he did over two derbies. Guerrero started with a record 29, then 40 in an all-time semifinal against Dodgers outfielder Jock Peterson, they needed a one-minute OT, then a pair of three swing tiebreakers to settle that one. Both Vlad Jr. and Alonzo won more in prize money than they'll get paid for this season. Dodgers lefty Hengen Ryu starts for the National League in tonight's All-Star game. We've known that since rosters were filled out two Sundays ago. Manager Dave Roberts explains. He's uh, been the epitome of consistency. Uh, he's been the best pitcher in the National League. Um, it, it's it's uh, I'm very proud of him. 
Justin Verlander has the honors in the AL for the second time in his career. Brewers right fielder Christian Yelich will start tonight after skipping the Derby to rest his back. Yelich is leading off. Houston outfielder George Springer up first for the AL. Now looking ahead to the trade deadline later this month, the Mets said to be aggressively shopping righty Zach Wheeler, who is headed for free agency. The Yankees and Red Sox among the teams expressing interest, but no deal is apparently imminent. Russell Westbrook said to be leaning towards a trade off the Thunder. Russ likes Miami, and apparently Miami likes Russ. The Heat have already used plenty of assets, though, for Jimmy Butler's sign and trade. Westbrook has four years and $170 million left on his contract. The Lakers are signing veteran guard Avery Bradley, and Jabari Parker signs on with the Hawks after splitting last season with the Bulls and Wizards. Antonio Brown has settled the lawsuit stemming from an April 2018 incident at a Miami apartment building. Brown said he is making an undisclosed donation as part of that settlement. The family of a two-year-old boy said the child was nearly hit by furniture Brown threw off his balcony in anger. The child then dealt with anxiety and trouble sleeping. And the women have control today at Wimbledon. The quarterfinals beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Serena Williams and Allie Risk meeting on center court. Mm. The men's final eight tomorrow. Moose? Uh, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. And then we got the ticker tape parade tomorrow in, in New York City for yes. the United States women's national team. And then apparently they're going cross-country to the to the ESPYs. Yes. Right after that. Oh, who doesn't like the ESPYs on the Wednesday night? I mean, can not even Tracy Morgan could save the ESPYs. Um, the joke, the one commercial I've seen was funny. Now I've seen it 97 times where they like scroll down to his gut when he says he yes. and Tom Brady haven't changed a bit. Over the years, um, so yeah, that that ran its course pretty quickly. well. It did. I, I think he'll. I, I think he'll be have a funny open, and that's probably the last I'll watch of it. Uh, that's a fair assessment. Is that a fair? I'm, assessment? I'm impressed you're going to watch it. I'll just watch it uh, well, Thursday what morning. Else gonna, what else are you going to do on Wednesday night? I'm probably going to go to sleep. If I'm really? being honest, yeah. At eight o'clock? Uh, why not? <laughs> I get an actual full night of sleep. This is that's the only good thing about All Star break. I got that you. Then less you're able to get to a little bit of rest. Now I'll watch the open, and then I'll probably be it for the ESPYS. But uh, you know, and he'll be funny. Morgan will be funny. I mean, very very funny comedian. He'll be pretty good. We we open up the show talking about Pete Alonso. Uh, let's hear from the Mets slugger last night after his victory uh, in the home run derby, and he talked about uh, that victory after uh, he outdueled Guerrero Jr. in the final round. Take a listen. I mean, it's to do this in front of friends and family and uh, loved ones. Is, is it was just this is a dream come true. Is is amazing. Um, I, I couldn't have had a better pitcher. I mean, this this was this was surreal. This year has just been so special. I, I've been living in a fantasy, and I just want to use my platform as. Um, almost to kind of just reach out to people and just uh, make people aware of these causes. And I hope that other people could um, find the kindness in their hearts. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, there's nothing like I mentioned before. If you, you know, if you've not been paying attention, you've been watching, you know, your own team. And that's the a problem with Major League Baseball is it is very regionalized. And you're not a fantasy player where you're locked into the rest of Major League Baseball. And you don't really know much about Pete Alonso. You got a little bit of a feel last night. Um, you know, he's a tremendous young man uh, that is a, a great representation for the Mets organization. Um, and, you know, he hasn't been affected by the success at all. He answers the questions from the media afterward. Um, you know, he's got a good personality to him as well. Uh, there's really nothing not to like. I said it last night on SNY after the Derby went final. 
Uh, he's like a dream. I mean, that that is what Alonzo is. And I'm not waxing poetic. I mean, he really is. I mean, there's nothing that you look at Pete Alonzo and say, oh, that's a problem, or I need to change that, or he needs to adjust there. I'm not talking about just as him as a as a hitter. Uh, he hit 30 home runs in the first 90 games. He's a good all-around hitter as well, Andrew, but just the individual. I mean, you know why the Met fans rejoiced last night? Because he's an easy guy to root for, and he's their guy. I'll turn my mic on. I'm com- completely being Taz now. Okay. That's his daily thing, yeah. too. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I would blame Pete in this instance? No, let's no. just continue the conversation <laughs> if we can. Um, it's, a, it's strange almost these times, Moose, where guys are better than we expect them to be across the board, right? I mean, sometimes I feel like we're, we're so used to being let down for real reasons, for just lack of production. Um, but this is this is not just good for the Mets. It's good for baseball. I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a guy that you want leading, leading the charge. This is a guy that's supposed to bring people in. This is a guy that's supposed to get you to watch games, no matter the, the result, where the game is, when the game is happening. Like, you just... You want to see his at-bats. You want to see him. And then, you know, he's kind of this goofy figure as well, which is good for the other time, for pregame stuff, for postgame stuff. He stands up. He's always answering questions after Met games. There's a lot of tough questions to answer after Met games this season, and he's always there for that. And it's, um, again, I to back to your point from the first segment, what I, I would have loved Mike Trout to be to be in that last night. Or when we had Bryce Harper win it last year, the great scene with his dad. and Yeah, um, this was awesome. But, like, I, last night to me was pretty special because we got so much future baseball with Vlad Jr., with Alonzo, with Acuna Jr. I mean, watching those guys do their thing last night, I mean, that's that to me is as good a commercial as you can get for baseball. Asking for Trout, asking for somebody else, you know, Judge, where Stanton was healthy and deserved to be in the All-Star game, the real prolific all-time sluggers. Cody Bellinger could have been in there. Yelich could have been healthy. I feel like you're getting greedy at some point. Like, last night was was as close to perfect as you're going to get, like, naturally happening for baseball. No, it was it was a very, very good night. And uh, before the derby took place out at Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the starters were announced. We'll get into that next. And some interesting comments from Astros star starter, uh, Justin Verlander. Andrew, you can shut your mic off now. He's like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS 855-212-4227 It's Taz of the Moose Bogus in the house CBS Sports Radio It's Taz and the Moose On CBS Sports Radio On CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, 15 minutes. You can save 15% or more on car insurance. So, home run derby, rearview mirror, Alonzo, your champ, Guerrero Jr., and Jock Peterson kind of stole the show with their round, going mano a mano, which was just... Epic, where were you when, watching kind of stuff last night out of Progressive in Cleveland, Ohio. Tonight you get the All-Star game and you got your two starters, one being Justin Verlander from the Astros. And let's hear from Alex Cora, 
the manager of the Boston Red Sox, talking about the fact of starting the big veteran righty. I started with uh, with Justin. Um, had the pleasure to, to coach him in 2017, and what he did for us in, in Houston was amazing. Uh, he was the reason we won the World Series that year. And then, uh, you know, what he's done with that with that team the last two and a half years have been amazing. Yeah, it really has been. I mean, to want to talk about rejuvenated, he went from a guy in Detroit that looked absolutely shot to another to a guy that steps into that Astros program on a team that was winning and kind of found himself once again and turned back the clock five or six years and been has been downright dominant. So the right worthy, you know, a, a just start for Verlander representing the Strohs in the American League tonight. Out in Cleveland, let's hear from the big righty himself. At a certain point, I think analytics will catch up to things um, where it's hard right now. In my opinion, it's hard to put a number on like strikeouts and how negatively performing that is. And, and analytics have a hard time. If you can't put a number on it, they don't, they don't like it. So um, they can easily put a number on home runs, walks, um, those type of things. So um, I think the ability to put the ball in play um, will come back. Um, in a big way, and uh, probably not in the not too uh, distant future. And that is Verlander last night talking you about the fact You should keep your mic of, off. That's exactly right. That is Verlander last night talking about the very fact of uh, uh, where baseball is, and we'll get to that here momentarily. Let's hear from uh, Dave Roberts, um, who is um, going to be starting uh, his guy, Young Jung Ryu, uh, tonight representing the National League. Take a listen. For me, he's uh, been the epitome of consistency. Uh, he's been the best pitcher in the National League. Um, you know, just his uh, going through injuries throughout his career and to to come back to where he's at right now, for me, uh, I'm very uh, it's it's uh, I'm very proud of him. Well, he should be. I think too. Right? I mean, Ryu's been as good as he gets in the National League. I've got no issue with him starting the game tonight, Bogish. And then you've got Verlander. Um, representing the Astros and, and starting for Alex Cora. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's an argument from Max Scherzer now who was not pitching because of, of a bad back, so this might be all mood. I think there's a, an argument for him that he's had the best National League season. I mean, he's just been phenomenal in particular for, I don't know, the last six weeks or so. But Dave Rob, what I like about Dave Roberts is, and I don't remember anybody doing this, at least in recent memory, I mean, he, rosters come out two Sundays ago and he goes, reuse my guy. Like, he's starting. Yeah. Like, right away... He said that when we knew what the rosters were and they put the pitchers out there. Um, and I mean, he has been been fantastic and it, with somewhat little fanfare because he's always pitching next to Clayton Kershaw and the Dodger offense led by Cody Bellinger gets a lot of the headlines. But he's got a one seven three ERA. Yeah. And it's a career and I like to rewarding guys who are having career years. Now he might be an all star and it might have been one of the past, could be one of the future. But he's never pitched like this. And I love guys who get in this game that are having out completely outlandish years and may never be in all-star consideration again. Like, those guys should always get in over a perennial guy having another good year, but not a great year getting in for the eighth time. I like those kind of unique first-timers. And Ryu having this unique season for him um, certainly deserves a chance to pitch first tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and uh, very well said. So those are going to be your starters. They're not going to be lasting all that long into the game. I think then, only one inning for sure correct. for Verlander. I don't, yeah, I don't and remember then Tanaka is going to be the second right. pitcher in. I don't think I don't remember seeing if Roberts went that uh, direct and that distinct in his pitching plans yesterday. But I did see that that already. Um, 
uh, Cora knows how he's going to go through the first. Anyone and Chapman will close no matter what. Apparently, right? The Yankees. So uh, and then Tanaka will be the second pitcher on the mound after Verlander's one inning work uh, for the American League. And and listen, um, you know, you look at it. Uh, we played the cut from Verlander, and the you know as the balls were flying out, uh, you know, and over the fence last night in the home run derby expected. But I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit ninety one home runs. Um, you know, in his three rounds. I mean, a remarkable feat when you think about it. And we know that home run rates are up uh, across Major League Baseball. And it's troubling to some pitchers. Certainly it's troubling uh, to, uh, you know, baseball savants, those that are kind of looking at the game and, you know, wondering where small ball goes or where it has gone. And Verlander's cut there as we played it for you. You know, talking about the analytics of Major League Baseball, launch angle, the way it's being played, you look at the baseball, even though technically they're still using the same, you know, fabrics and substances and everything like that to put the ball together. You look at it less drag, whether it be the pill being a little bit off center, whether it be the releases being a, a fraction of an inch lower and less raised. Well, I thought the pill being perfect now is the argument, right? Right. Oh, that it's, it's, it's it now perfectly centered. Oh, now it's perfectly centered because a couple weeks ago from from Manfred, it was off center. See, I, maybe I that was creating a wobble in the air that was enabling it to carry even farther. Oh, see, I well, thought I heard him say that because the pill is perfect, there is no more wobble and oh. no more off kilter. That it stays the way it, it stays true. And therefore, it's driving through whatever pushback uh, maybe, the atmosphere uh, would get. Maybe it. I read that wrong a couple weeks back. I could have swore More I read it. More likely I did. Uh, no, that's fine. It, but here's what it comes down to is that, you know, baseball's changed. And sometimes you look at it where offense, with it being up, I think it's a good thing. But I think, I also think it can be too much of a good thing. I think the amount of home runs that are being hit um, and the prodigious shots we're getting. And the high offensive numbers that we're seeing and strikeouts being up where it's no longer about necessarily just hitting with runners in scoring position. It's it's everybody being able to take you over the fence. It's got to be unsettling for pitchers out there, starters or relievers alike. Um, and for Major League Baseball, I think maybe they have pushed the button a little bit too far with the amount of home runs going over the fence. Well, although I do agree, I don't know how fast it will happen. But, I mean, the Red Sox won the World Series last year, and we talked so much about what they did in situational hitting and two-strike hitting and two-out hitting and runners in a scoring position. It can't always be a home run. Sometimes a single is all you need. And I think people took note of that. So I, I I do think everything is cyclical, and there will be an adjust an adjustment, and there will be kind of an evening out in this. I don't know when it's going to happen. Verlander said not too distant future, and hopefully he's right. Hopefully it is soon. Like teams will have to you'll 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 need to have a plan B. You always have to have a plan B. Whatever the in vogue thing is now, it's not it's not a hundred percent perfect. It's not always going to work. You're not always going to be in a situation that calls for it. Although. A home run is almost always helpful. You need to do other things. You need to pitch. You need to hit. You need to field. You need to be able to move a guy over. You need to produce a run when your non-home run hitters are up. So I think teams have to be smart. You can't just sell out and try and win one specific way. And I think some teams will get burned by that, and some will look and see who the Red Sox have or whoever wins this year, how they won, and if it's similar to the way the Red Sox did a year ago, then that will certainly help. But, I mean, I don't know what's coming in terms of, like, technology because I don't think baseball cares enough to readjust the pill or the laces. Like, they, they for the most part, like this. So it's going to take 
a theoretical change from teams and from players, I think, to get this more well, balanced. Right. Out. Or and and you're gonna have to do something with the baseball where it is not a where there is maybe a little bit more drag where the ball's not flying over the fence. Because I mean, Andrew, you and I have been watching baseball for a long time and I like the home run. Who doesn't? I mean it's an exciting part of the sport. What they've done now and the adjustment that they've made this year um, I do think it is it has made it is marginalized the home run hitter where everybody and their mothers hitting home runs, and that's a problem. No, yeah, and I and I you miss, know the home run rates being at this level is an issue. Well, I, I actually am more bothered by the increase in strikeouts. I okay. need the I need the ball and play. I'll take home runs if you're mixing in singles and doubles as well. All right, we'll get into the future of Russ Westbrook in Oak City. We'll do that next. Taz Boost, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.